Let's get real. Who wants to have another surface level conversation? Not us. I'm Samantha. And I'm Christian. Two friends having raw but truth-filled conversations about the messiness of life. So buckle up and don't be shy. Because, yep, we're We're going going there. All right. Hello, everybody. We are excited. We are coming to you with another interview today. And we are super excited because we have one of our favorites, one of our kids' favorites, too. Yes. We have Trillian Newbell on today. So welcome. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for having me. Yes. You know, to be honest, so I was familiar with your children's books, which we're in the phase. I have a five-year-old. She's a three-year-old or four-year-old, just turned four. I mean, the books. It's like, how many more bedtime stories can we get? And so I was more familiar with your children's books. But when we've looked in to all that you've written, you have written so many amazing looking books that I cannot wait to dive into and share with our audience. And we're going to talk about one that, is it released yet, your book that? 52 Weeks in the Yes, work? yes. Yes, it okay. is out. Awesome. Yes. So people can get that right away. I'm excited to share about all yeah. your stuff. So why don't you start off by telling us just a bit about you, your family, your work, your hobbies. What's life look like for you before we dive into your book and all? Well, as you all know, I live right outside of Nashville and I've been married for 19 years and have two wonderful teens. And I'm on a journey to dispel the myth that teens are terrible. (laughs) I just have loved my teenagers. I've just loved them so much. And so I'm enjoying the season. And yeah, so, oh, I work for Moody Publishers, which a lot of people don't actually know because they know me usually because of the writing that I do. But I'm also an acquisitions editor. I'm the acquisitions director at Moody Publishers. So I lead our team of acquired. It's so much fun to just look for authors and encourage and and cheer on others in the work that God has planned and laid out for them to do. So that's me in a nutshell. There's probably more. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> I love that you said that about teenagers because I'm like, we're obviously, yeah, we have young kids right now. So I think right now we're in the physical hard years. And I'm like, but I think it gets better and better. Like as my child gets older, I'm like, it's so fun to see who they become. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, it for sure is hard in a different way, maybe at that age. But I'm like, but so sweet to like know more about them. Yeah. It's not just their preferences on if they like the pink plate or the purple plate, but it's like deeply like into their emotions and who they are and what they need out of life and trying to navigate all that. I mean, I'm just imagining, but. Oh, it's an emotionally taxing job. So when they get to the teenager years and they want to talk to you, or at least mind you, and I'm really grateful for that. And so you can be 9 p.m. ready for bed and they come and plop on your bed to tell you something or to talk to you about something. And so it's a different kind of tired and a different kind of joy. But yeah, so little ones, it's a lot more physical and also just eat your peas, please. Yeah, (laughs) just surviving a little bit day to day. Wait, that's funny that you say the thing. Someone else just recently told us that about like you'll be in bed and you're just like ready to shut your eyes and then your teenager comes in and for whatever reason they feel like maybe they haven't opened up in a while about something and then they just are like chat, 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 chat and you're kind of like, oh my gosh, I'm exhausted. You're like the (laughs) second or third person who has mentioned that specific aspect of teenagers to us and it's just funny to me because like I like my early bedtime and it's like when you get toddlers, 
down, it's like, okay, you're done. At least until they wake up at whatever time or come in your room or whatever. Yeah. It's like, that's just funny that that's been mentioned multiple times. We'll have to keep that in mind. Yeah, we'll have to put that in our pocket (laughs) to remind ourselves later. But like we said, we are super excited to chat with you because again, we are just consumers of your kids' work, but we're excited to talk about all of the like different work you do. And you've recently come out with 52 Weeks in the Word. So just talk to us about this book. Why'd you decide to write this and what's your hope for it? I love this question. The whole title is 52 Weeks in the Word, a companion to reading through the Bible in a year. And so it's a little bit like I'm a cheerleader for Bible reading. And the reason I did this is I've written two Bible studies and I love studying the Word and helping others know how to study the Word. But one of the things that have been said to me several times from people who have done the studies is, I love the studies. Who it's a lot of Bible reading, but I love the studies. And so I realized then that we aren't in the habit of reading our Bibles. It's almost easier for some to do that work of filling in the blanks for a Bible study or cross-referencing, but to read full passages and books of the work, that was hard. And so that's what motivated me. I realized, oh, LifeWay did a study that most Americans have a Bible in their home, but not many of them read it. And so those are the kinds of things that were motivating me. Hey, if the Lord allows, and if I can, maybe I can produce something that will help people get in the word to read the entirety of it, to read it from Genesis to Revelation so that they can grow in a love for the word and grow in their love for the Lord and knowledge and understanding. So that's the goal and hope. I love, love, love. I know. I'm like, I have so much you to said say. Because Samantha and I are so passionate on our podcast and just like obviously personally mm-hmm. for people to get in the Word of God and to learn and read it for themselves. And I think what's so tempting sometimes, even I was talking to some girls recently of like, what do we want to do for the spring? And it's so tempting to be like, I just want to do a study. I want to do something like, like that sounds more fun to read like something that like, mm-hmm. yeah, you can really understand really easily and you don't have to dig that deep. And like, it's maybe surface level or it's fed right to you. The knowledge is fed right to you. And I'm like, no, but I think there's such a gift. Obviously, we've all experienced that for ourselves in our life of like actually reading God's word and really like being challenged by having to dig in and really do the hard work. And so I love that you've written something to say like, I know it's hard. It's not easy. And so let me give you this resource to like, let's do it together so I can like feed you some, but then you can also be reading the Bible. I love that so much. Yeah, we kind of both went on journeys and we've shared on the podcast before about how we both grew up in the church and constantly were in these small groups and Bible studies. And then why are girls our age, girls and guys, but you know, we're women, we're focusing on girls, like getting to this point in their 20s where they're like, wait, do I know God? Am I actually going to follow him? Is this faith that I've thought I've been following genuine to me? And I think for me in my life and same for Christian, someone taught me how to study the Bible and it changed my life. And it's kind of scary when I think about how many women maybe were never taught to study the Bible. And so I think women like you and Jen Wilkin and Terry Lee Koppel, these women that are kind of stepping up, there's so many more too, that are saying like, no, it's time for us to raise a new generation of teaching women how to study the Bible. And hey, you don't just have to listen to these commentaries and you don't just have to be like fed all the answers, but like you can learn how to read Leviticus and get something from it. And you can like study the theology and just, I don't know, it's just brought such richness to my life. So Christian, I get like very giddy talking about it because we're passionate about it too. So we're thankful for this and you writing it. 
Yeah. One thing I loved when we were just like reading the descriptions of your books that you in this study build in like rest days and catch up days. Talk to us about that. Why did you do that? And what's the hope? Well, the reality is it's a lot of reading, right? So the goal is to read Genesis to Revelation. So canonically. So it's I know there's different types of ways that you can read through the Bible, but that's the goal. And so I want people to have a chance to one catch up if they're behind or they feel like they're behind because you're never really behind. (laughs) I also want to encourage you that. But to catch up, but also if there's something that stands out, because this is about Bible reading. So if you're reading three chapters in Genesis and something really stands out to you, but you want to keep reading, you can then write that because there's also space to write. You can write that. And then on that seventh day, when you're resting, you can go back and study. You can study that and go back and do a little deeper dive. So the goal isn't actually what we think of rest as in, okay, now it's Netflix time. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. I can skip today. I don't have to read my Bible today because it's yeah, a rest yeah, that's, day. That's not the goal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The goal really is that you are resting in the Lord and that you're catching up or diving deeper, or maybe even reading one of my reflections, because each week I also have a reflection. It's 52 reflections to go with whatever you're reading that week. And so you can maybe spend that time reading that and thinking and pondering on whatever I share. I like that. I love that because we've all talked, obviously, like I've experienced this myself and I know you ladies have too, that the more you are in tune with just reading God's word and spending time with him in that way every day, there is this rest that comes. There is this like renewed rest and time with him that I'm like, this is more renewing than anything else. I was recently telling Samantha, I feel like God works in me in seasons sometimes. And I'm just in the season of like really deep work. And I sometimes get frustrated with myself. Like, why do I ever get out of that? Because this is so good. This is better than what I could ever rest, you know, watching Netflix or rest, taking a nap or rest by sleeping in. Like, this is better. And I never want to forget that. And there's something that like, that's the Holy Spirit, like working in His Word. But it's just really, really cool to find such renewal in spending that time with Him. And I and I hope we all, like all listeners, get to experience that in spending more and more time reading your Bible. Yeah. And I think that brings up a good point. The truth is, in all of this, is there are seasons of our life where We do get out of the habit of it. We have young kids or, you know, I'm thinking of you, you have these teenagers or sometimes when I'm in like a lot of travel, it's like hard to stay on top of reading or spending that time with God or whatever. All of these things can get in our way. And so how have you found really good practical ways of spending time reading God's word every day in your life? Yeah. Well, there's a few things. We build habits, right? Every day I get up and I make a cup of coffee so I know I can make a habit. (laughs) No, I can build a habit. And so for me, I am a morning reader most of the time. But if I don't get time in the word in the morning, I'm flexible about how I get in the word. So maybe go walk and listen to the word. I'll read at night sometimes. So I don't want to put so many rules and laws on (laughs) and add to, you know, the gospel that I can't enjoy the Lord. And so that is one way. So if I'm traveling, for example, I'm usually traveling to speak. And so I am in the word. But if I'm traveling and I know that I I have to be at some place at a certain time, I might listen or I might do something like that while getting ready. Or So those are just a few ways. But one thing you can practically do is put it in your calendar. I know that sounds so 
odd to put something like put it in your gut. But we put so many things in our calendar. And if we want this to be a priority, that's one thing you could do until it becomes a habit and something that you long for. That's what's happened to me now is that from this just daily habit of Bible reading, I long for it. I long to get into God's word. And when I don't, I miss it. And so it's not a checklist. It's not something I'm checking off. It's more of a longing. Oh, I want to know the Lord. I want to get in his word. And I think he does that kind of what Christian was saying. He does that in your heart. He starts to transform it to a desire that you you want to get in. But I want to talk about briefly a season when it was very difficult for me. I have had four miscarriages. And after the second one, I was pretty despondent, very discouraged. And I remember that I had a hard time reading. I was in a fog. So I was just had a hard time reading the the Bible. But the Lord in his kindness, because I had spent so much time in his word prior to this deep suffering, would bring things to mind. So he would remind me of scriptures about his nearness. He draws near to the brokenhearted, about his goodness. He will never leave nor forsake me. Suffering is momentary. So all of these texts would just come to my mind and minister to my heart. And so I thought, wow, the Lord, he was sustaining me through his word, by recalling it to my heart and mind when I couldn't get in it. When my mind, I read it, very difficult to. And so I just want to encourage, there are seasons when it's difficult to concentrate or we're having a hard time reading or something has happened, a trial, but we can prepare ourselves for that trial by getting in the word now. And so I think that we don't want to underestimate God's sustaining grace through his word, when those seasons come, when whatever it is, whether it's young children or deep suffering. Hmm. We were actually just talking about that. We were kind of doing a recap episode about our year. And I've actually, I've been through three losses as well that has led my husband and I down the path of adoption. And so when you were saying that, I'm just going back to those moments that I was in such grief and just feeling really frustrated with God and angry, but being at a place where I was already in such close relationship with him when that happened to be able to come to him really honestly and be like, I'm, I don't feel like I can open my Bible today, but God, I know I need you. I know you're here, even though I'm not feeling like you are right now. I was able to speak back that truth to myself and then also being able to pray as the weeks went on in that grief. God, please bring back that desire that I can meet with you again. I'm not feeling this right now. And we've talked so much about on this podcast, like a lot of times we don't feel like getting up at 5 a.m. before our kids get up and making our coffee and reading our Bible. But if we just live life based off our feelings, we're going to end up on a really weird path. And so I relate to that and just being able to be so vulnerable with him of like, help me crave that again and desire that. And also, yes, how important it is we don't know what trials we're going to walk through. And so in our recap, we were saying we both had kind of like crazy years and through a lot of hard circumstances, but how grateful we were that we already had that relationship so that he did sustain us through that and how much better that is to be there than feeling so distant from God when you walk into that hardship, but knowing you probably need him more than ever in that, but feeling so like, wow, I don't even know you because I haven't, I haven't been spending time with you. I haven't been connecting. So I love that you said that again, because it's just such good truth. 
Mm. It reminded me as you were talking of the Psalms. And that's another benefit to Bible reading. We see how to lament and how we can actually speak very honestly to God. It reminded me of praying, restore the joy of my salvation. We pray and long for that when we're suffering it's hard and we can we can ask the lord these things we can ask him lord where are you but i will hope in you like psalm 42 so we can wrestle with those kind of hard questions and he's not afraid and he's not <laughs> we can come to him and so that that really encouraged me and then another thing you said that i think is super important for everyone to hear if you're going to read the Bible in a year or read the Bible at all, it isn't about emotional high. So if you approach the word with a hope or that you're going to leave on a mountaintop every time, you're going to be disappointed real quick. So I'm sure we, we're going to get into motivations for approaching the word, but or let it not be for an emotional high. Although the Lord will at times do that in our hearts. And that's awesome. But often it's just, we are understanding him better. And that's what we grow in. I love that because I love going back to what you were saying about like in God's kindness, he has given you that love and desire for just wanting to know him more and wanting to dig in. It reminds me in a silly way of what my mom always used to say growing up. I was a PK, pastor's kid, and she would always say, you know, we were like listening to worship music all the time, reading our Bible, doing the family devotional at the dinner table. But growing up, she would say like, what goes in has to come out. And it's so true because like in those times when you share, like, thank you for sharing that story. But like when you share that in these really deep, dark times that you were just suffering, but you could recall like those things had come into your mind. Like, you know, those truths about God's character and who he was. And so therefore, like you could cling to that and say like, gosh, I don't know that in my head right now, but I know that in my heart. And Lord, like be near to me, come to me. And so it is so true. Like, I think that's challenging to me. Again, not saying like listening or reading a fun book or watching Netflix or listening to like non-Christian music is wrong, but we have to be true to ourselves of like, if that's all we're consuming, at some point, where are we like clinging in our hope? Because what comes in has to somehow write a narrative on our heart and mind for where our hope is being placed. And so I think that's a real reality we all have to sit in of like, do I know truths that I actually cling to when that's like all I have left? Mm -hmm. That's good. You've mentioned something good about achieving this emotional high with Jesus can't be our motivation. So let's go to like, what can be our motivation? Like what gets the three of us out of bed, whether it's at whatever early time before our kids are up and we make that coffee or what propels us to want to spend more time with Jesus, even when it's hard? What are those motivations? Yeah, there's a few things. The first word that came into my mind was worship. And so if we have proclaimed that we are devoting our lives to Jesus, but we never engage with where we can find him, like where we can learn about him. I'm not really sure how how those things can equate, how, like how that is going to sustain that relationship. And that's why I think a lot of people walk away from the faith. And so we want to read our Bibles in so that we can know him more, but so that we can also love him more. <laughs> so it's about, I think it's about worshiping the Lord, not worshiping our Bible, it's worshiping the Lord. And so we grow in our understanding. So what's a motivation would be 
to love God with all our hearts, mind, soul, and strength to obey that first commandment. And how are we going to love him with our mind is through learning about him, reading the word and growing in our understanding of who he is. And then I think another motivation is that it really is, he's the food, the nurturer, the bread of life. It's what sustains us. And so I have found that when I am not in the word, there's so many lies, so many things <laughs> that culture and my own heart and Satan, you know, we're all lots of lies, lots of lies. And so what I'm consuming, gosh, you all pretty much said this, what we're consuming, it affects what we believe, how we speak. It affects everything, our worldview. And so I need to remind myself of that truth. And I will never arrive and none of us will ever arrive until we see him face to face. So we're constantly needing to remind ourselves of truth because we have other things vying for our attention. And so it's what's going to sustain us and keep us. And so that's another motivation is that we're running to to truth. And especially when there's so many lies that are there. But I just want to say it all should be undergirded by grace. So we don't want to approach the Lord legalistically, which is anytime we're trying to earn favor before him. This is about enjoying his grace and knowing him and growing in our understanding of him. But we have his favor because of Jesus. So we we don't need to try to earn his favor um, through our Bible reading. I love that you mentioned that because I so many times I have sat down. I mean, I've been in this place myself too. sat with women and they're like, well, I can't read my Bible. Like, I can't wake up. I have no time to do it. Blah, 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 blah. We have this whole conversation of like, we can't get in the word. But then I'm like, okay, well, how are we like setting up our schedules to do so? Like, are you going to bed at a certain time? Are you waking up? And so I do think it's so hard. We as finite people who are broken people who are not perfect as God is, we like to cling to these extremes of like, it either needs to be this like very legalistic, I have to stay to a schedule. And if I stay to the schedule, I totally fail. Or it's like, I don't need to do anything like God still loves me. Like he will bless me. It's fine. And it's like, no, there's actually a happy medium there because there is a time and place that maybe you do need to get a few accountability partners. Maybe you do need to set an alarm and you need to talk to your husband about like, hey, we have to be in bed at 10 o'clock because I have to be up at 6 a.m. to read my Bible. Mm -hmm. Like, I really wanted to do this. Can you hold me accountable? Like, there is a season and time to get people in your boat to say like, can you hold me accountable to digging in this way? Because we're broken people. We're not going to do this well. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I love that you're saying that like, but it can't be a legalistic thing and that when we fail in that, I mean, we kind of have to just know we're going to fail. And so there's freedom in that again, because he has already offered us his grace. Like he has already made us like given us his favor, as you're saying, like he's already given that to us. So it's nothing that we're trying to earn that he hasn't already given us. But there are things that I think we need to be realistic about putting in place to make sure we also like get there because we're broken. Yeah. And that's why using things like your book is so helpful because Sometimes when we go on this path on our own, like, okay, I've done this so much in my life. Okay, okay, January 1st, let me open my Bible, Genesis 1, and I don't have any plan. I don't have a direction. I'm just going to like, every day I'm going to read a chapter or two or whatever. And it's really easy to fall off. So I think having plans in place and yes, like you were saying, you know, going back to the grace thing and the obedience and just doing what he calls us to do. I think in my personal life, there's seasons where it swings one way or the other. And in our culture, it, maybe in the like Christian, like the big 
big church, it swings one way or the other. And I think I, maybe in our community, it's unique, but it's like a little bit far on the grace side right now. So I guess like content I see or things I see are a little like, you know, it's just really like playing in on that grace, like come to God as you are, which is all true. You know, you don't need to read your Bible every day for to meet with God. all these things that are like true. But just so I hear it between other moms and women of just like, well, I haven't read my Bible in months, but like that's just life. And one day I will da 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 da. And it's just like sometimes we do kind of have to swing back to that other way, like you're saying. I'm just reiterating, like, yeah, no, sometimes you just like need to do it because when is that one day going to be? It could most likely be never if we just keep using that excuse. So that's exactly what I was about to say. But also, we need him. And so we're going to be doing a whole lot of things in our own energy, with our own wisdom and understanding if we are not in his word. And so I think. We want to challenge ourselves there to think, wait a minute, maybe I'm just not seeing my need for Jesus. I'm apathetic about him. And and I've seen, I don't remember what video or who did, sent this, but I saw a video of a culture who received a Bible in their native tongue for the first time. And they were weeping. They were just like, what? what? We've got the Bible in our language. And we just take it for granted. I have about 15,000 Bibles. My, I'm just, there's no joke. There's so many Bibles in the house. And that's not to guilt us, but it's to remind us what a gift it is. So yes, I do think that there is a grace for when we're approaching, but that's not an excuse not to approach. <laughs> oh, I like the way you said that. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, that's kind of like the Romans 6 problem. We sin so that grace may increase. We don't want to not pursue him. So we need him. We need him. And we need to probably then, if that's what's keeping us, ask God to show us our need for him. We sing it all the time. I need you every hour. Oh, Lord, how I need you. You know, if this is every hour, I need thee. So if this is true, if we can sing it, then we want to live that out. Mm -hmm. And going back to just what we were talking about, this whole conversation, like, where is our hope being found? Because nothing breaks my heart more is like when someone walks away from the faith and it's for reasons of like, you know, this church has really hurt me or this person totally failed me or this leader that I was supposed to be following really did this awful thing. And that breaks my heart because I'm like, gosh, are we people who are tying our faith to people who are also broken and not actually knowing the Word of God and spending time, like you said, like, if this is our book where we're supposed to find wisdom and learn more about our Creator, then we have to be in the book to be able to know that. Or else, like, when we have these experiences of other people failing us or not meeting our expectation or hurting us or causing pain, then that would be world-shaking. That would be, like, crushing to our souls. But, like, if our truth is actually tied to the one who created us and we actually know his character, then, like, when people fail and when people fall, like, that can't falter us because, like, we kind of expect that. And I mean, it's a sad reality, but that's the world we live in. And so that's just really, I mean, I love that you're writing these resources for people to just be in God's word yes. and learn how to study it so that they can learn and God can transform their heart and mind more. It also helps when we fail. I was thinking of First John 1, 9, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to purify us. Well, we won't know that. We won't know that if we're not in his word. And so reminding, it helps remind us that we have a place to run, we can confess, and we can receive His grace. We don't have to leave 
the faith because of our own sin, because that's also a reason people, I've seen a lot of my friends who are walking away because they, they don't think that he will forgive them. And then they just fall into licentiousness and it's done. So there's about a gazillion reasons <laughs> to get in his word. Yeah. yeah. Well, to kind of wrap up this conversation, like I was saying a few years ago, when someone kind of like really individually taught Christian and I how to study God's word, I was amazed at how different stories, some that I had heard my whole childhood growing up in church and some that I had never really heard of or just like aspects, like tiny little people that God intentionally uses in scripture to kind of bring things in my life to light. So I didn't know if there was anything, you know, again, we have been kind of reflecting on this year of 2022. Is there anything that you feel like in this season or this year that God revealed to you from scripture that has just really resonated with you? I'm sure there's a million things and little and big, but is there anything that comes to mind to share? So what has stood out to me for probably the last two years or so, there's one thing, there's two things actually. The first one is Enoch, who you will find him in Hebrews 11. And Genesis 5, I believe. And he was someone who, I mean, he maybe has two lines of scripture about him. He walked with God and pleased God, but we don't really know much about it. Obscurity. So when we live in obscurity, we can. We can live in obscurity and still please the Lord and still be found faithful. We often think big is faithful and big, but I mean, two lines of scripture, and he was in this hall of fame of faith with like Moses and Abraham. So it stood out to me and nothing in the scriptures speak to the his obscurity, but it was clear to me because of how little he's mentioned, but the Lord saw him and the Lord sees us and he counts us as righteous and he sees our faithfulness. And he helps us to be faithful. And so that to me has just always blessed me. Another thing is Obadiah, which again, <laughs> like really random stuff. Yeah, I love that though. That this year, as I was writing 52 weeks in the word, and I had to really read through the scriptures in a very short period of time to write the book and to think through and write the reflections. And when I got to Obadiah, I realized how much I had no clue what, <laughs> what I was reading. And I realized that every time I read the word, I'm, but for some reason, this one really stood out to me because I couldn't for the life of me understand why all of a sudden the prophet switched to talking about, I believe it is Esau and Jacob. I'm not going to go through all of it, but what I realized is how important it is to read all of the scriptures. Because in order for me to understand Obadiah, I need to read Genesis. And in order for me to read un and understand heaven, I need to have read Genesis. <laughs> so it matters. Reading through the Bible matters and, and it connects. And so that to me, I think is what I learned this year. It reinforced it that especially the Pentateuch, reading that, the first five books of the Bible, it's so important if you want to understand the rest of the Bible. And Jesus quotes so much of the Old Testament. It's 75% of the whole Bible, but so much is so often neglected. And so that to me is probably what's 
I've learned and it has been reinforced over the last year in my heart and my mind is that all of his word matters and I should read it. Yeah, that speaks to me. I've been studying really deeply, like really, really deep Exodus with a group of girls. And it's like, we keep saying, it's like, wait, we knew this, but we didn't know this. Like we are just uncovering so much in just these Bible stories that you're here every day. And our minds just every Thursday morning, we leave this little coffee shop like, oh my gosh, why did no one ever tell us this? Like they left that part out and then that's making this make sense. And you're right, like so much from Exodus is quoted and I had no idea. I was like, I thought Jesus was just saying that, but it's like, no, he was referencing this and it's just, it all puts it together. And that's the kind of thing for me that going back to this, like what's your motivation and like how do you move past these emotional lows of wanting to go read the Bible? It's like, that's what gets me a lot of times excited to read God's word because I know there's so much more to uncover and there's more I learn about his character which in turn helps me love people better and just recognize things throughout my day more and point glory back to him. So it all comes full circle and it's all so important. And I just, I feel like we can't even have this conversation enough. So it was great. I love it. I love even just hearing, obviously studying God's word for years and years and years, like God's still revealing things to you, even in the two sentences that Enoch gets, you know, Mm -hmm. all of scripture. So I love that. Trillia, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for this writing this resource. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Really quickly, where can people find it? We'll obviously make sure to put that in our show notes as well. But and where you can people find it? All your books, too. You yeah. have so many. Thank you. It's so encouraging. So the easiest place is to go to trillianewbell.com. So if you can spell my name, you can find it. So trillianewbell.com. 52 Weeks in the Word also has a website. So it's just 52weeksintheword.com. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Well, we'll make sure to put those in our show notes just so you guys have the resources. And I'm super excited to dive in. So awesome resource. Thank you for your work. And just thanks for coming on today. And yeah, keep doing what you're doing because it's awesome. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, thanks for going there with us. If you loved what you heard, don't forget to follow along with us at Going There, the podcast. And it also means so much to us if you subscribe to our podcast and shared it with a friend. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon.